Hey, welcome to episode five. It's a morning bud walk. Hey, buddy, come here, bud. He's in the backyard eating bees. He likes his bees. Come on, bud. Got to get his harness on him. Harnesses are good for dogs because instead of the neck leash where it goes just around his neck, that uh, and he has a tendency to pull. So with the body harness, yeah, stretch out those legs, bud. Here we go. You put the body harness on, buddy. Then, then that um, that load from his desire to move quickly or whatever, and you hold him back, pulls him through his chest as opposed to his his neck. So that's helping the body out, stay healthy, keep his back and health in line. So there you go. It's a rare rarity again that it's not smoking hot right now. It's June 20th, I believe, I'm pretty sure. And it's just not smoking hot. And we're out. It's going to get warm. It's 78. And probably by the time I get back, it'll be in the low to mid-80s. And if the sun is shining on Buddy, he's going to be uncomfortable. Oh, boy. So... I do have a little bit of a morning routine going, which is good, but I'm not going to publish it on Facebook or, you know, promote some kind of special morning routine that's going to magically change your life. Don't you like, you guys have all seen them, I'm sure. It's like, oh, do these five things first thing in the morning. Elon Musk does this and, whoa, so-and-so does that. <laughs> I just, I'm so doggone cynical. There's so many, you know. I don't know, maybe maybe Elon Musk doesn't really write that stuff and somebody just interviewed him. And so they say, well, what does Elon Musk do? Well, he gets up and he runs two miles on a treadmill or he does this, you know. Oh, okay, the guy interviews Elon Musk and says, oh, wow, if you do these five things, you'll be just like Elon Musk. <laughs> and it's the, the temptation is there to to get into these things and to read them, you know, to, uh, you know, do these things and you'll be that. So I suppose, I guess my philosophy is I'm moving, I'm kind of evolving, I guess, but I'm basically saying you are successful already. You're, you're breathing, you know, you, uh, you're alive, you know, it's, this is, don't compare. There's this, this, this doggone desire to compare ourselves to others and say like wow Elon Musk yeah he does what does he do every morning <laughs> so let's see Elon Musk I'm sure he's changes I mean it's unfortunately whether it's Elon Musk or whoever you want to call it this sets the standard you know Bezos the Amazon guy everyone looks at Warren Buffett you know all these things and It's like, okay, I just, if I was just as wealthy as Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, you know, my whole life will be wonderful. And yet here it is, June 20th, the day is, if, if they were walking with me down the street with Buddy, this, we all, it's the same air. We're all breathing the same air. We've got the same sun beating down on us, a beautiful source of life, you know. So let's enjoy it. So I'm just going to enjoy this walk. Uh, probably be about 40 minutes and yeah five back to the five, 
five things I do in the morning. I actually do one thing. I try to do one thing in the morning. This is it, just one thing. <laughs> There's that famous book, One Thing. Yeah, I have one thing, which is also not a, you know, find that one thing. Well, there's I think there I think I'm more in line with that because I can one thing I can probably handle, and I I'm back to the outlier thing. What are you good at? So I have I have a lot of respect for this woman that's running an online business, and she's pretty cool, really cool. I've not not pretty cool, just really cool because she's adding value to a lot of people around the world in a little way, but then those those people are going to add value in their way. And they're and it's because of their each of their outlier gifts. And so writing is a uh... Hey Mike. Morning. You're on the podcast this morning. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new world, pie walking podcast. Here we go. Mike, great guy. So, um, yeah, she's adding all this value because she listens to people, and and we have that holy discontent. As uh, one famous pastor who got in a little trouble the last few months, not because of like he desired to get in trouble. It's just like all kinds of things conspired against him, and <laughs> I, don't, I really I really feel bad for this guy. Because he's, I think, again, he added a lot of value, which gets to my um, noetic effects of sin. This is a um, terminology from a, a dead theologian. I, I love R.C. Sproul. The name sounds, I used to, I used to listen to or read or hear about this guy named R.C. Sproul. And the, the, just the name, it sounds pretty cool, right? So I get this, I get this image of this R.C. Sproul guy as some... Uh, thinker that just you know just is a real smart guy and is kind of pompous right or something or who knows what i just had an image of him and then i start watching him on tv and he's like a northeasterner joker man he's just got a great sense of humor and he's just funny and uh so what was awesome is he did these 20 minute like theological discussions and um so he mixed, you know, a little philosophy and theology and, you know, I'm sure there's, there is a fine line <laughs> distinction between that. But and I just, it's fun to listen to R.C. Sproul, so I highly recommend picking up R.C. and listening to him. And you get 20-minute chunks so you can eat lunch or something and listen to a little bit of R.C. And, uh, yeah, so he introduced the idea of this noetic effects of sin in that, basically our minds i mean we're all limited we, none of us have all knowledge although unfortunately so many people do speak so authoritatively like they know everything <laughs> oh gosh so when you know grab onto this noetic effects of sin because it's very useful not only is it poetic right because it's exactly spelled like poetic it's no noetic n-o-e-t-i-c and it just says that we're humans, you know, we're fallible. I just love the concept. But it, it, the, I'm in a situation, or maybe so many people are, is like you, you want to do better. You want to be great. You want to have, well, what do you know enough, right? So by this, back to this writing coach, it's like I have all these ideas in my head. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to learn to get them out on paper. 
and and now I'm just like blurting them out into a podcast. But um, it was just some, it's just been a really uh, epiphany to use a fancy <laughs> fancy word, which is just like an aha moment, right? Like oh aha, okay. So um, where so the noetics effects is just like we're we're not none of us have it all correct there's elon musk he doesn't do five things every day that's bs you know i'm sure he's like in general he might try to do that stuff but or whatever those five things are so i don't know about you here's here's me this is a little insight into your podcast host here is i can read a title or something i see it go in a certain direction like if i see a article that says five things you should do every morning well I don't even bother to read it or I scan it or skim it if that at the most but sometimes if I really get upset about the whole direction that the article's going I don't even bother reading it I just assume I know <laughs> I know I know what the person's writing and I'm, I'm sure I'm pretty much 90% right just by looking at the title and what what some stuff is and oh I'm going to do a good deed for the world here Bud's just pooped, and he pooped next to some old, old poop. Somebody else pooped, but didn't pick it up. So I'm, I'm double duty, man. Picking up Buddy's fresh poop in a blue bag, and some old poop. Probably, probably at least a week old. It was all dried out. Bigger dog. My good, one of my good deeds for the day is picking up somebody else's poop. So, where were we? Noetic. Yeah. Really good concept. R.C. Sproul. And uh, what else? Where was I with with the writing coach? So, it's the outlier, man. It's the what's your message and the holy discontent. And um, the uh, spiritual leader, so to speak. Someone might call him a spiritual leader. Someone might call him a church leader. And uh, he, got, he, he did some things like 15 years ago. I might, I might as well talk about Bill. It's Bill Hybels out of Chicago, Willow Creek. I really enjoy his messages over the years. So I don't, it, it's, it's like, let's not discount some of the great things Bill has done because he did some other stupid things, you know? So, I <laughs> And then these Southern Baptists have a guy that they just railroaded out, a guy named Paige Patterson. I, I don't think I really would, like, enjoy hanging out with Paige Patterson just because I've seen him speak for about 30 seconds and just has some kind of, like, 1980s or 70s style of speaking. And, he, and I think that Paige Patterson, my impression, that he's pretty, uh, speaks very authoritatively, like he's got it all figured out. And I've seen Bill Hybels, on the other hand, have a little bit more humble spirit and more of an emotional connection with people. So, yeah, I appreciate Bill, Bill Hybels more than Paige Patterson. But, and then the Twitter world again, you know, like I said, I don't know if I, I probably mentioned it. It's Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is for toilets, you know, for the bathroom reader time. Um, and you just throw a tweet out. And I'm, yes, I have that personality of um, just throwing some idea out there, see what kind of reaction you get out of it. So I accuse others, but I'm also guilty of the um, 
as long as I'm walking buddy. The, the concept is the paper bag, put dog poop in a paper bag, light it on fire and ring the doorbell and run. Of course, you know, we tried that out as a kid because that was, that was like the urban legend of the day. You know, like, oh, this is so funny. I'm going <laughs> to light, <laughs> light a paper bag with dog poop on it in front of someone's door and they're going to come outside and step on it and get dog poop on their foot. Oh, wow. You know, that's the ideal process, but it usually doesn't work that way. I think we tried it once. And of course, nobody, you run, so you don't really get to see (laughs) if the person actually steps in the dog poop. Anyway, hopefully the listener is just like cracking up going, where is this going? It's not going anywhere. I'm just walking the dog. And uh, so this morning, my one, back to my one thing. So my one thing I try to been doing is I've been trying to do this is, and I've done it for about three years now. And I probably convert, I started journaling, which is highly recommended. So that's journaling as in just like I record the day and what are my thoughts, what are, what's going on in my world or from my perspective. And I, I suppose this is a, a cleansing process of my mind of how messed up I am. If you buy, if you keep all these things in your head and try to keep them straight, like I do, I'm probably neurotic that way. But, you know, we all have our things. Buddy, come on, what are you doing, bud? Oh, he just got out of his harness. Buds. Now i got to get him back in his harness. But he, I was heading this way, buddy, anyway. Hey, buddy. Sorry, he got out of his harness. Oh, did he with his, uh, not with me, probably his, probably my uh, grandma, or my mother-in-law. Yeah, she, uh, (laughs) buddy ran across the street. Yeah. And cars had to stop. Oh, that was my my mother-in-law. She's like 78, so she has a little harder time. But I don't know why he did that today. Because I was heading this way. Yeah. Well, I guess you're going too slow for it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. I think he knows me now. So. Okay. Well, maybe he was excited to see. He didn't yeah, bark too maybe. much. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Buds. So he did that with Oma. You did that with Oma, buddy? He escaped from your leash and ran across the road. Apparently, I, I didn't see that before, but now I witness it buds that wasn't very good not very nice buddy so the one thing journaling yeah write down just what's going on take some time so I take about 45 minutes sometimes longer I keep track of my time and uh, what really helps is a MacBook Pro sorry or I'm sure you can use of course you can use anything you can use a PC-based product. <laughs> but the MacBook Pro, just so wonderful. It feels nice and light. Travels well, nice and thin. So yeah, I just bring that baby with me and and uh, carry on. And uh, someday I'll write down what I do because it's it is kind of, it is a pretty good thing. And it's about personal transformation because and it's back to the noetic effects. 
of sin from our seat. So we're all kind of messed up, right? So unfortunately, I, I, I get the impression with all these 2,000 sermons and messages I've been to is that, you know, I think ministers and pastors think that if they teach something that we're going to get it and just like comply with it and like move on and everything's fine. But there's that's not reality. But I mean, unfortunately, they communicate it as if it's possible that way. And even uh, dumping into marketing world of people need to hear something like seven times before they start to get it, which my analytical mind is like, no, I don't think that's the case, but probably is more the case than not. Because I like, I think I probably pride myself on understanding mathematical concepts and um, learning that two plus two is four. I don't think it took me seven times, but maybe it took 21 times. I, I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, these anecdotal things, it's back to like the five things that Elon Musk does every morning or Warren Buffett or whoever. But uh, yeah, yeah, Warren Buffett, I've seen a few interviews with him. I, I think in general, I mean, uh, they've, uh, they have done great investments, but he, I think he's more of a relationship guy and just, you know, he's not hardcore, like, different. But I, and then, and on the other hand, I think he basically just looks at companies and says, these guys look like they're heading in the right direction and they invest in something and make money on it. Not sure they really add value, like creating. They don't create any of these products. They just identify them. Companies that are either well managed or heading in the right direction, or have a, a good a good concept for the future, and they invest in them. That's oh, that's good. It adds value to people that join them and put money with Warren Buffett's group, and that's great. And I suppose if he sees a a startup type company or something that has potential and they need some capital, meaning they need some money to get started, then he's able to provide that. So that's very valuable. So I guess that's where he adds the value. But this podcast is not a deep dive on capital investment and <laughs> return on capital. But anyway, so where are we? It's, it's more on being human. So I guess I would say the positive thing about Warren is seems very rational and personable in interviews and back to the one thing so journaling the other thing the key thing I do is or I think it's key for me is the uh, New Testament scriptures and I mean hey I've been hanging around these religious people whether it's Southern Baptists, Evangelical Free, Lutherans, Roman Catholics. I kind of sampled them, not by choice, but I've sampled a lot of these organized religions. And they kind of treat the scriptures in kind of an interesting way of verse plucking, I call it. They pick, they have an idea, a concept, an agenda, and then they pull the verses to support their agenda. And I'm like, I had to finally back off. One time some guy gave me these cards for like, men development on one side of the card it had some concept on the other side of the card it had on the other side of the card it had a verse bible verse so I quickly realized out of like 30 of these cards like probably a third of them were kind of crappy in that they had a concept on one side of the card and then the verse was like totally out of context to what they're trying to get across so like that 
that was a snapshot of pretty much all like many of the sermons and messages I've heard. It's like, hey, I've got an agenda. I'm going to use this scripture here to promote my agenda. So there you go. Um, so what I decided to do is like, okay, let's look at this Bible. Let's look at the scripture. And I like the, um, I mean, there's developments, right? So you've got, I, I believe that the, one of the general messages is that, hey, God created everything. So this earth, this is here. But does he, did he just like step away and just like go, okay, here it is. It's all created. Go do your thing. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's the message of the Bible. I think the message is, yeah, he created everything. And it's unfortunately, it's hard to pin down and put your finger on it. But there is an opposition to, um, to God, right? And many will say it's Satan, the devil, that kind of thing. So that's real. I mean, that's, there's evil in the world, right? And people are trying to figure out, well, obviously people are shooting, gunning down people, doing bad stuff to one another. People wonder, like, well, where does that come from, right? Where does that come from? So, and then there's the debate about, well, why does God allow this to happen? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just because we created it, we followed along with that rebellious thing to good principles. Um, God, and apparently, I mean, the way the scripture says is that we were in the garden with God and had a relationship with God and it was great, but we chose to rebel and follow like, hey, I mean, it's kind of like taking it for granted. Like, well, yeah, I'm in the garden, but yeah, well, was God really that good? <laughs> so it's doubting the goodness of God and we, there we go. We go, we go down this path. So, so here we are in this, this condition right now. But over history, we see um, the Jewish people called out Abraham and good stuff there and, and the Jewish people and David and all fallible people. Again, the noetic effects, just people aren't perfect, but we elevate David and other people to these wonderful levels, which is to some extent okay, but there's a, there's a, a change of God's relating to people and I think of course Christianity, I mean that's one of the largest religions in the world, right? Popular, you know, statistically, whatever that means, people identify themselves with Christianity. Well, what that's about Jesus Christ, of course, right? So it has to be about Jesus Christ. So there's, and even the calendar, it's 2018. The 2018 comes from after, AD, after, I don't know, the Latin, I should know the Latin for that, but it's, BC is like before Christ and AD is after deity maybe i'm not sure uh so there's a he's he's a figure he's a character he's a he's, a, he's not a myth there's there's evidence of of this guy and uh so where am i going with that so i i see so that's an interaction that's god the 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 theology is that jesus is god's son and so God sent him. So that's a change. That's, that's, I mean, that's God's involvement in history. I mean, that's, if you're a Christian and you have that faith, then you would say that, yeah, God's involved in history. So let's back out. I look at the scriptures and I say, okay, well, what happened? So you have Paul, fascinating character, persecuting Jewish people that started following 
um, Christ. So we, it's a very common story. People know the 12 disciples. There's paintings and images and even pizza parlors in Berlin named the 12 apostles. Good, good pizza restaurant, by the way, if you're in Berlin. Zwölf Apostolen, it's called, 12 apostles. And you can get uh, a pizza named after one of the 12, plus probably some other stuff. Bleib Troy Strasse, it's in the Indinea from Bleib Troy and Savinia Platz, some nice area of Berlin. And um, yeah, there's a diversion for you. So, uh, Paul, Apostle Paul. So he's called an apostle because he was called on the famous road to Damascus. And uh, that's the book of Acts. So uh, my my thought is like, okay, let's 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 put these books of the Bible and New Testament in chronological order. Let's let's what's the last thing that we have? We kind of have Paul. I mean, we know this. The Gospels this are a historical account of what Jesus was doing, and so much preaching comes from the Gospels. And the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of course. And um, turns out that those Gospels were written much later than. Um, Paul's letters, which make a big foundation of the um, the Bible. So Paul's writing and doing stuff. He's actually not just writing; he's doing things. He's like a mission. He is a missionary, not like a missionary. He's like the first missionary guy going to the Gentiles, which is Jews and Gentiles. I love this this uh, framework, so to speak. So framework of hey. You're a Jew. I mean, that's what God's people were. Again, God's interaction with history. Those were his people. And he called them out, and that's the Jewish people. Paul was one of them. Jesus was one of them. Everybody else in the world is a Gentile. So that's the framework. Paul goes to the Gentiles. They were some Greek, they're Greek, Roman, different cultural backgrounds, but still... Everybody who's not a Jew is a Gentile. So that's my preferred identity politics, if you will. Forget all these sub-identity politics that we've come up with, like Hinduism, Buddhism, Shintoism, all these other religions in the world, races, stuff like that. It's just, in a spiritual element, it's Jews and Gentiles. That's it. Let's keep it simple, people. Um... So that's my semi-political statement there. Um, so Paul's extremely interesting because he he could have been one of the twelve disciples, right? Because he was about the right age. But you know we have this theological theological concept of the sovereignty of God, and I have my humorous reasons why Paul wasn't one of the twelves, and that's because. He was educated in Judaism, and he probably knew the Old Testament scripture better than Paul and John and the fishermen and the tax collector, right? So the 12 disciples weren't really of the educated class, right? So Jesus had those guys with him, and he didn't have to argue with anybody. <laughs> And you know how much your podcast host loves to argue. So so Jesus wouldn't have me as one of his 12 disciples either. I would, 
I would probably be questioning everything all the time. Although even the guys he had for the fishermen, they were questioning him and stuff too. So there's probably no escaping it, but it, it was a little bit less with, uh, with the 12 people that he had. A little bit less, little, little less pushback. <laughs> Whereas Paul probably would have been a real pain in the butt. Plus, plus Paul is so special. He could, because he wasn't a 12 disciple, one of the 12, his story that God providentially, I say providentially, prepared Paul for what he's done for the, the church with his writings. So you, you follow Paul in the book of Acts, and then to give you the overview of what's happening in, quote-unquote, the church, right? The church is developing. And uh, in 2018, all these organized religions, I like to call them, think that they can like come up with these special plans and how to do things and create growth and all this kind of thing and yet you know Paul was just doing it so I love this guy Paul he was out kicking butt just going places getting in trouble and thrown in prison beaten up all kinds of great stuff so he's a really interesting guy and uh, and I treat him like a person. Like you know, this is this is what's been so fun about my process is that you you look at Paul and you just go, okay, what's who is he? Who is this guy? And so you you, you just read his stuff and you read the Acts and you see what happened to him. And and um, so I line up the books in order of when he wrote them, and I try to follow him along on his journeys and see what's happening. So. For example, today I'm in Romans 15. And, and so by taking this viewpoint or my framework, so the, this is my framework that I kind of came up with. And I, this is what I've also learned is like all frameworks have issues. And if you're debating someone, the, probably one of the keys in, is to establish the framework. Because if you can create the framework, you can slant the framework to win the debate, right? Whatever the debate is. So, yeah, I'm admitting my framework is, let's look at Paul. And he's the most relatable guy for us as Gentiles in the entire scriptures. So I'm like, yeah, I'll look at the Old Testament. Yeah, I'll look at David. Yeah, I'll read Genesis. Yeah, I like Joseph. Yeah, Abraham, Isaac. There's things to learn from those guys. But I'm not a Jew, you know? I mean... And so I want to put it the framework of those Old Testament stories in the framework of where are we at now? Now we're in the time of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came, died. God intervened in history. God intervened in history again by 50 days later sending the Holy Spirit, which very few people in the 2,000 sermons have been able to articulate what does the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? And I think... It's missing. And it's so as I read these New Testament passages, I see Paul referring to the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, all around. Which leads to the, the framework of living in the moment today, 2018, wherever you are listening to this. I have no idea. I'm walking a dog. And um, I'm living in the moment. So the... Um, the Spirit of God is, is powerful, and that's how we, it's, it's a mystery, too. We, we read about that. So back to the Romans 15, I, I see Paul 
saying that he wants to come to Rome and meet these people. So I suspect there's, Paul knows there's a church in Rome just because there's so many people there. It's a big metropolis. But he'd never been there. And from reading a lot of Paul, you, you understand that he, he doesn't want to build on somebody else's foundation. So he's not trying to go to Rome to build a church there. He's just like, he knows, he hears stories that the Roman church is building. And we don't know how it was started. But it, and a lot of it has to do with commerce, transportation, right? So you've got Roman soldiers going in and out of Jerusalem and back and forth. And probably the gospel spread just from regular people that we don't have written documents from. They didn't sit down and write a letter. They probably just some Roman soldier was probably in Jerusalem or some Roman merchant who wanted to go buy some product from Jerusalem or that area and do some trade and bring it back to Rome. That's how the gospel probably spread. When I say the gospel, it's just the, what I mean by that is the good news and the story is so simple that God intervened in history, sent his son, and died for our sins like the Jewish people have their sacrifices and uh, kind of completed the story for everyone, especially for the Jews. And now it's for the Gentiles. So Paul's writing Rome, Romans 15. He's writing the whole book, but he gets to the end. And he's saying he wants to come see the people in Rome and be comforted by them. And if you notice, he doesn't say he's looking forward to come there to preach the gospel or spread the gospel. He acknowledges that they already have faith. He doesn't know the details. But he praises them for their faith, which I often kind of joke about. <clears throat> Every Sunday morning, your pastors should be, the first thing they should be saying is like, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks that God has allowed you another week to come to worship with us and be here. You're here for your faith. And God's calling on your life. And uh, build up church build up people not tear them down not use the opportunity to influence or manipulate people into feeling guilty about what they're not doing <laughs> which is a, a big subject and sore spot in my mind and maybe yours too so what else so Romans 15 so Paul thinks He's going to Rome, and he's going to be on his way to Spain. He's like, I, I want to go to Spain. I want to go to bring the gospel to Spain. I want to, I want to um, go to new places, bring the gospel to places that it's not been before. Kind of like the early version of the unreached people group. So in Paul's mind, Spain was the unreached people group, and he's just going to hang out and stop off in Rome on the way. So this is Paul writing, right? Inspired word of God, inerrant inerrant as the theologians would say now me being kind of who I am I'm like ask the question so if this is the inspired word of God and we know that that doesn't happen the way Paul says it's going to happen in fact he doesn't come to Rome in peace on the contrary he comes to Rome as a prisoner so <laughs> He kind of foresees and asks the people to pray for him in the book of Romans to, to get through Jerusalem without to be rescued from 
what he suspects is going to be a difficult time, which it turns out it, it was more than difficult. They wanted to kill, kill him. <laughs> and you read that in Acts, right? So you got to, this is like piecing it together. But it's again, it's looking at the scriptures, whether it's Galatians, Colossians, Philippians. It's not, people, I just, one of my messages is, don't read those books and say, have someone say, well, Philippians 4.8, and think, oh, Philippians 4.8, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's Paul writing to the people of Philippians. It's Paul writing it. And now I can establish to you, I can prove to you from Romans that Paul couldn't predict the future. So remember that, people. It might be inerrant. It is. It, I'll just go with it. It's inerrant, inspired word of God. But it doesn't mean that it predicts the future because Romans 15, Paul is like, uh, I'm gonna, I want to come to Rome and um, hang out on my way to Spain. You know, but that's not what happened. He went to jail and was shipwrecked and almost got killed a few times by people that hated him. So that's not exactly how he foresaw the future in Romans. So what does that do for me? What does that do for us? For me, it says, hey, God is active. Things, things are going to change. Things, are, things aren't going to work out the way we think they might. But Paul still prayed for joy, and we can have joy in the circumstances. And it just doesn't matter. So, <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't matter whether Paul ends up in Jerusalem and is thrown in jail. That's all that good story is in... Uh, in Acts, but put it together. That's how I'm encouraging you to. And so what I do is I read these chapters. There's 127 of them, including that there's basically 100 chapters probably of Paul, but 27 or so with um, Acts. So it gives you 127. So if I do one a day, like in three to four months, I cover the New Testament without the Gospels. And, and the reason I don't, my, I'm really suspicious of the Gospels now. Not in that they're not inerrant, but I think they're kind of misused because if you think about how um, the timing of the Gospels are written, right? So they're like in the 60s and 70s AD, and they weren't, I mean, I don't know, maybe they were around in earlier, I don't know what, but it, that's what they say. They say they weren't written to the 60s and 70s. Obviously, the events took place when Jesus was alive. But I think putting them in the first four books of the New Testament is kind of a disservice to all of us because that's not the way it rolled out. And, and especially, like, my, my biggest pet peeve in verse plucking is Matthew 28, 19, and 20. The biggest verse pluck of all time. And I'll probably have a good talk with with God in eternity and see if he chuckles and agrees with me. So for like the last couple hundred years, these have been verse plucked out as the most important thing. And you've got these unreached people groups and the gospel. And, you know, and as I read Paul, he thought he completed the quote unquote great commission, which in Paul's mind is so funny. He didn't even have the great commission to gen up his motivation, right? Because that's Matthew 28, 19, 20, which weren't written until Paul was probably almost dead and he already completed the Great Commission in his time. He just went out and did it. 
he didn't like gen up and hold conferences in Urbana, Illinois. And it's like, oh yeah, Urbana, bring the Great Commission to the end of the earth. In Paul's mind, he already did it. And he also thought the earth was flat. So Spain was probably at the edge of the earth. So this is God working in history. God working through the Holy Spirit is what we have now. And so that's it. So um, read Paul. Think about Paul. Get in his mindset. Don't verse pluck. And I, I have... Uh, and it's not that I'm against foreign missions and things. It's just that the emphasis is just out of place. It's just, I mean, it's just so misbalanced. At least that's what I see, right? I mean, I just, I'm, every one of us has our holy discontent or pet peeve. And mine is kind of like church manipulation. To me, what I read from Paul is... Um, Edify the church, build up people, love one another. Love is the greatest commandment. Don't read First John. Well, oops, I just skipped over something. I do, after I do all the Pauls, <coughs> I add on Peter and the rest of the New Testament books um, that are written by John and Peter, James. I do read those in my sequence. So now I'm up to 148 months. But that's okay, because I read them in light of the timing and Paul. And I think it's important that if, if you are a Jew or a Gentile, so it comes back to that again, too. Our, the listener, you're probably a Gentile. Statistically, only like a half a percent of the world population is Jewish. So we're Gentiles, folks. <laughs> let's, let's, let's remember that. So read things with, from that point of view. And uh, I read the Gospels now from the point of view of Jesus talking to Jewish people, for the most part, and um, talking about these people are kind of stuck, right? They have this thousands of years of Abraham, Moses, history, story. And he's speaking to them where they're at. And he knows they don't understand. He knows that they're not going to understand. One of his last things on the cross is forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? So that's a great message. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And even Peter, he messes up so much. And by mess up, I mean, it's just natural. It's, I mean, I don't think God sees it as a mess up. We do because we have the information that he didn't have but I mean Acts 1 is hilarious when he's like I'm going away and he's like oh are you coming down now are you going to take over are the Jews going to take over now (laughs) Acts 1 and I I, I have a feeling that Jesus is like all right these guys don't get it they're not going to get it for 10 more days when the Holy Spirit comes so he gladly ascends so to me, the ascension is really an important event in that, in my relationship with, with God, because I kind of chuckle at it. I mean, these guys, Peter and the disciples, they just don't get it. I mean, they're still wanting political takeover. They still want to get their, they view the world in the Jewish-centered focus.
So, you know, we love everyone always, even Jews. I, I love the Jews. I think they're cool. And I, I actually was surprised at how much negativity, anger, and angst is thrown their way. They're a very small percentage of the world population, yet so many people hate them. I mean, what poor people. It's so poor for them. So, um, yeah, it's uh, all of life, love everyone always, especially the Jewish dudes. And uh, walking up the hill here almost at the end, folks, so thanks for hanging in there if you even have. I've enjoyed walking Buddy this morning. It's getting warmer. He snuck out of his uh, harness, that little bugger. That was the first time it happened to me in a long, long time. So there he is. But he's, he's all right. He's getting a little huffy-puffy himself. And it's, it's uh, before 8 o'clock. It's probably only like 7.15 in the morning, so that's good. I can get ready. And I had my time in the chair. As Bill calls it. I learned that later. Get some chair time in, man. And uh, Buddy sees a truck. He doesn't like trucks. I don't know why. Not sure why he doesn't like these trucks. I don't know if he thinks they're maybe they have lights on them. Maybe he thinks they're they're big animals or something. He doesn't understand internal combustion engines. Oh, bud, he probably thinks they're big elephants and things like that. <laughs> so being humble, being humble—that's a good thing. Understanding that we have our own noetic effects so we're not right about everything so of course being right is overrated and let's love everyone always and uh, for some reason my garage doors open I'm not sure why but I have this great German mother-in-law and uh, she's can't stop working can't stop cleaning can't stop doing much of anything can't stop organizing papers and organizing the garbage and telling us how to put dishes in the dishwasher and that instead of putting 10 plates in the sink over a couple hour period we should immediately put each of the 10 plates into the dishwasher as soon as we walk to the sink but she doesn't realize that we're opening the dishwasher door 10 times instead of once. <laughs> and that's even after I showed her that our 10-year-old dishwasher, the door wore out. So I had to fix the door because it, it uh, just wore out. Not from my, certainly not from my mother-in-law doing this, but just that opening the door 10 times may not be as good as just once. And just deal with it. <laughs> but, but that's not the German way, man. The German way is Zauber, clean, cleanliness, Zauberkeit, you know. I heard Buddy got some beef gravy on his beard, and we're in the pool now, or he's at the pool. And I'm going to put a little, wash off your little beardy, bud. And get your beard washed from that gravy. I know, just remember, it tasted good yesterday, but... You got beard. 
You get beef gravy on your beard is what I'm told. There we go. All right. So um, some of you listen on Anchor. Or any, if you do listen on Anchor, you get the good music. I'm not sure why Apple Podcast isn't putting on the music because it's advertising. And I just don't have time to sort that out. Buddy wants to go in the house. I'm going to dry his. I can't turn this podcast off because I got to dry his feet. And he's so impatient, the little guy. He's a little impatient guy. He wants to go in and see everybody after his walk. So I'm going to dry his paws so they don't get wetness everywhere. The wetness of the bud's feet. There we go. Go ahead, buddy. Enjoy the rest of the family. And I will shut the podcast off soon. There we go. Probably a little bit longer than anyone would like. And you can play it at 2x speed. Yes. So... Have a great day. I don't have a closing statement, a buzz phrase, or tagline yet. Maybe someday. Bye-bye.